Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Well, hey, friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. Uh, You know, every week we bring you a leader to both inspire and equip you. And this week, I'm super excited to bring you Mark Williams. He is the executive pastor at a church called New Day Christian Church. This is in Port Charlotte, Florida, which is a great place to be. Uh, and, And this is one of the fastest growing churches in the country. It was started in 1959. The current uh, lead pastor, Rusty, Ru- Rusty Russell, started in 2010. Uh, super excited for this conversation, Mark. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Hey, thanks. Appreciate you having me, Rich. Oh, this is going to be great. Um, why don't, fill out the picture. Tell me a little bit more about the church. What did I miss? If people were to arrive this weekend, what would they experience? Give us a bit of the flavor for the church. So, I mean, for New Day, we're, we're a church that, uh, you know, as you said, started in 59, but went through some bumps along the way, some leadership decisions that... Uh, they built a building in 04, hurricane mm-hmm. hit, boom, set everything. Wow. Actually, building standards changed. Cost of materials went up in 05. Wow. And um, they launched that building. And then as soon as they built the building, opened up in 05. So what they were able to pay for, they couldn't build everything. Wow. And so we currently sit in that same 35,000 square foot building. Mm-hmm. We run, uh, last weekend we had 2,000 people on site. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so when you really start to equate that, it just doesn't, the math doesn't make sense. Sure. Uh, so we, <laughs> we, you know, we park in a grassy knoll in the back of the property and the whole nine yards. So it gets very interesting around here. But as far as uh, in 2005, as soon as they, after they opened, they uh, inadvertently, they let their lead pastor go. Uh, okay. Yeah, the, the best leadership decision. Right. Uh, the process wasn't necessarily the greatest. Okay. Then, okay. <clears throat> yeah. So prior to Rusty's arrival in 2010, they had uh, uh, lead minister uh, Jamie Snyder was in and he kind of went through and got things aligned and everything like that. Still, you know, the growth was there, but nothing major. It really wasn't until probably 15, 16 Mm. that uh, I think that the congregation knowing the community knows that Rusty's here to stay. He's not leaving. Mm. Mm. And I think and he's also been uh, very in kind of putting himself into the community a little bit more. He works, he's the uh, uh, development coach. So he, for mm. Port Charlotte high school. So, Oh, that's cool. He, he goes in there. He's at every football game. He goes, lifts weights with the, the boys. And so he is like in the community. Huh. Um, and that transition really just started, uh, the new day started growing and, and really probably our biggest uh, growth would happen, started happening probably right around 17, 16, 17, okay. amplified up 18. So we were just been on a, a metric growth, mm-hmm. adding services and those, those kind of things. And then probably the biggest thing for the biggest change for us was um, 2020. Mm, yes. Everybody <laughs> says, you know, oh, such a horrible thing. We grew. Mm, cool. Tell not, me about that. What that not, looked like. Not necessarily in person, but we grew. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we were still, you know. Uh, we baptized over 100 people in 2020 wow. coming in from watching us online. We never had that experience before, so we leveraged it. Um, a lot of churches, they were closed down. 
I think we were doing online streaming for, I think it was only four or five weeks. Okay. And we started meeting outside because we live in Southwest Florida. Yes. <laughs> so it was easy to just say, hey, we're just going to meet outside. Yeah. So in May, we started meeting outside. Storms came and we're just like, well, it's too hot. It's going to rain. Yeah. What do we do? And so we said, we're, we'll meet inside. Right. And so we just did some creative stuff to get people where they feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and we live in the second oldest demographic county in America. Really? So, yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. And the if anybody's ever heard of the villages in Florida, yes. that's the oldest okay. uh, demographic. So, And then Port Charlotte's number two. <laughs> Port Charlotte's number two. So our, our you know, we I'd say 50% of our congregation is 60 plus. Interesting. Interesting. And so uh, huh. the nice thing is when you're you're moving to Southwest Florida, you're you're more apt to change. And mm. so we don't have a lot of issues when we want to make changes. Hmm. And so we make very logical changes. We try to make sure that we're, you know, uh, how I always kind of describe it to the staff is like, hey, when we're going to make a change, we're, 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 we're on a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. And so our changes need to be thought out and we're going to make slow changes. Mm. We don't want a bunch of people puking off the side of the boat. So, you know, <laughs> One and step so the time. larger we get, we just need to keep making small, you know, small changes and our small adjustments, making sure they're always looking further down ahead. Where are we going? Where are we going? How are we going to get there? Mm-hmm. Uh, so 2020, we grew financially, we grew um, numerically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think last year we were back to pre-COVID uh, wow. in person. Mm-hmm. And then we hit snowbird season in the summertime. Right. But we're back to uh, last, last last week, we had 2,000 people, mm-hmm. and uh, that is ahead of our pre-COVID numbers for this season. So snowbirds mm-hmm. don't come back usually until November. Right. Um, so based on that, we should, you know, we're probably right. getting gain another six 700 people in November to May. Right. Um, and so... Wow. So it just makes an interesting, yeah, so. strong, str- yeah, that's great. Strong, you know, results. And that's, that's, inc- that's interesting, encouraging, uh, you know, even reflection on the, you know, 2020s impact and then how that's, you know, what that's looked like, continue to shuffle out. How do you guys define the executive pastor role? It looks different at so many different churches. It's, it's kind of like, I always, people ask me, what does executive pastor do? I say, well, the, the most true thing is they do what the lead pastor doesn't want to do. And that looks different in every church. So what, what does that look like for you? How do you guys define that role? What's that look like? I mean, pretty much that's it. Frosty doesn't want to do it. He's not doing it. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, probably, I, honestly, I, I came in in 2004, uh, 2018, four years ago. Mm-hmm. And after a really kind of a, an interesting leadership shift and some really, mm-hmm. you know, some trust, a lot of trust was broken. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I came in and uh, one of the steps was I, I turned him down three or four times to, to move here. I really didn't okay. want to move to Southwest Florida. Yep. Um, I like Northeast Ohio where I came from. Yes. <laughs> I know I'm weird, but. Um, <laughs> That's funny. As people do, obviously, you love the plains of Ohio. You often hear people say that, you know, give me flat cornfields. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> we, we had hills in Ohio, so. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> but it was more about seasons, and it's hard to yep. really get excited for Christmas when it's nice yes. and warm, and you're at the yeah, beach yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. So. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but it was just, so kind of coming back to that, my biggest mm. thing was, uh, I, Rusty's got to have 100% trust in me. Mm. And I'm not going to, I don't want to come there until he has that, you know, he can feel like he mm-hmm. can have that. So through prayer mm-hmm. and through a lot of conversations, I think a few, three or four months later, we finally came to terms that, okay, God's calling us. 
to mm-hmm. another ministry role. We still weren't sure it was New Day. Mm-hmm. And eventually it was just like, okay, it's New Day and mm-hmm. we need to come in here. But we need to come in with, you know, full speed ahead, full tilt. And mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's got to be, you know, Rusty's got to be completely aligned with me mm-hmm. and he's got to trust me. Yeah. And so part of that process, they started going through a, a speed of trust through Stephen Covey. Mm-hmm. And yep. we're going through that book. <clears throat> to kind of build the trust back in with the the leadership and um, and the staff and all those things. And so I started, I read it and it was just pretty much, that's going to be our mantra. So we make every staff member coming on. You read that book. Yes. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with Jesus in there. We get that. Mm-hmm. But the, you know, the four cores, mm-hmm. um, the four cores of credibility and the 13 behaviors, those are mm-hmm. things that we expect our staff. So we extend a ton of trust to our staff and we really empower mm. them to do that. So my job is, is yes, I do everything that Rusty doesn't want to do, but mm. um, I mean, my first thing hitting the ground running was to right side our finances to ensure that we were able to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, they started an eight o'clock Saturday or Sunday morning service. And it was like, that's just, we're not going to grow. We can't do it with right. the current format. So mm-hmm. you got to make a prime time hour and Saturday mm-hmm. night, I think it was in, February of 2019, we opened, started our first 2000, our first Saturday night service mm-hmm. and we grew and we mm-hmm. continue to grow. So we got to make, mm-hmm. you know, you got to repull. The only way for growth is to pull seats out or build a big, you know, build more seats. And yep. Yep. Um, so, and that kind of fits into a model that the church has wanted to launch campuses and those kind of things. So yep. we're on the, we're on the precipice, hopefully mm-hmm. I'm say we're there, we're in committing <laughs> stages. Yes. To open us our second campus in a strip mall in Northport, love it. Which is a, where a next group of, group of people are at and coming in, mm-hmm. and so we know that's where God's calling us to do is to go into multi-site, mm-hmm. and it's really to take the local church back to local church. Yep. And we want to be in the local community, so we could build some massive mega structure or something like that. Mm-hmm. But we just don't think that's where God's calling us to do. We feel like right. we would rather be um, close half to a dozen people. or more sites. We'll just keep building campuses until. There's no place for us to go mm-hmm. or um, we just, you know, to, to continue to spread the gospel. It's all about is the mission. So yeah. it's not about growing mm-hmm. numerically. It's about honestly keeping people from going to hell. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's totally model. So that's my job is pretty much to remove the barriers mm-hmm. so that we can hit, hit that model mm-hmm. uh, and fulfill the mission that we feel God's calling us to do to make disciples who make disciples. Yeah. I love it. Build the team and build team synergy. So we're all focused on that. Yeah. I love it. Well, I, so I, so the thing I'd love to pull apart a little bit, get a little bit more into is a lot of times executive pastors in the church are, um, you know, this isn't obviously universally true, but you often hear the story of like someone who's maybe from within the church. They maybe were, you know, in the different field and they, um, you know, they were, they were brought in, they maybe it's their first time they've been in vocational ministry, or it's someone who's maybe come up through a different system. So they're used to be the groups guy, or they used to, you know, they were involved in family ministry. The fact that you moved in, in a season where the church was attempting to rebuild trust, that's an interesting, um, kind of, um, intersection for you to find yourself at from a leadership point of view. Could you pull that apart a little bit more when you, maybe when you think about your first, you know, hundred days, your first six months, what were some of those things that you found that helped you gain trust? I love the focus with Rusty, but then even with the staff team and others, as you, as you found yourself landing in, in uh, the community. It's, it's kind of it. Actually, the first six months was hard. I Mm. think, um, I think I wanted to quit probably 10 times. 
mm. personally. Mm. Um, it was hard because I mean, everybody loved, you know, my, my, the guy that, and I mean, the congregation kept saying, you know, Hey, he, he, he got big shoes to fill. Right. <laughs> and so it's like, I'm not that guy and he's not right. me and, and we will lead, we will lead differently. But so it, mm. it really took a long time to build that. I knew, so some of the staff expect me to come in here and start throwing things around and blowing things up. Mm. And I felt that, uh, you know, it's one of those things, moving, moving furniture in the room of a disoriented person creates more chaos. Mm. Mm. So mm. the worst thing that I could do is start changing things. Right. Right. And so I just was building, slowly building relationships, building trust going, okay, this guy is actually for real. Maybe actually does truly care mm -hmm. about me and ministry and the kingdom. And, mm -hmm. and so it was, it was, it, I would say I didn't make any major catastrophic changes for almost two years. Okay. Even though yep. I suggested Saturday night, but it was like, kind of like, Hey guys, we really should look at doing this. And they were like, Oh yeah, we should do this. So in, kind of backdooring it and making it everybody else's idea. Right. <laughs> helped, yeah. you know, help bring it along. But it was just small. Even some of the small changes that I made, it still mm -hmm. created some, you know, there was just a lot of, it brought back some of that <clears throat> stressors that people really weren't ready mm -hmm. for. And they were surprised they got. Mm -hmm. And so as you kind of dove through those things and you're, you're building that trust, I, I took basically my thought process. I will take two years before I do major catastrophic decisions mm. within some of the staff mm -hmm. and um and trying to model some, some things around so i tolerated some staff longer than i needed to and mm. but i thought you know it just it wasn't healthy for the congregation and it was changing some mindsets so through that two years i changed the mindset from we need to keep hiring people when i'm looking at the, the finances aren't there to keep hiring people but it mm. actually is contraindication to what i think we're called to do ministers mm. are called to develop Mm -hmm. And so, and basically I looked at them all and I says, if you're doing direct ministry, that's where you're going to get in trouble. Yes. If, you, if you're in the middle of the weeds, you, that's when you're going to get ridden up. That's how you will get fired. Mm. Um, and so it's, they're like, you know, stop, shut, you know, they're like, what, what I'm, you're telling me what? And I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't, mm -hmm. you need to develop people. So it kind of goes into a leadership model that if the organizational chart of, of, is you know jesus first and we go through to mm -hmm. the first person that walks into the door how are we going to get that guest to be a regular attender how are we going to get the regular attender to be a member how are we going to get that mm -hmm. member you know to be on the team serve mm -hmm. teams mm -hmm. how are we going to get that person you know that team member on moving up our mm -hmm. goal should be to develop them to be an elder of the church how mm -hmm. do we do that? is everybody going to be able to the church no mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean we don't work hard on the developing them and mm -hmm. we extend trust to them mm -hmm. We train them. We work ourselves out of a job mm -hmm. because if I work myself out of a job doing this lane or that lane or that lane, then God's trust me. God's not going to make you go. I can sit at home all day long. He's going to open up another door and he's mm -hmm. going to have you, you know, bring something else up. So the more we can empower the the lay leader, if you will. Absolutely. The more ministry that we can happen, the the more, you know, we're getting more people in. we're getting visitors coming. We're going to get people into the baptistry. Mm -hmm. We're going to see life changing. Life change happen because of the members of the church, not the pastoral staff. Yes. So true. You know, the thing, so the thing, the two things I want to underline, and then I want to come back to a part of that. So friends, you're listening to exec, an executive pastor at one of the fastest growing churches in the country. And I love your emphasis on, 
hey, we're not going to go quick on this stuff. We're going to slow down. We're going to, you know, I want to build trust over an extended period of time. I think there's this perception of like, if you're going to be a fast growing church, you've got to just like move fast and break stuff. And, you know, which is often breaking people. And so I love that encouragement around like, hey, we've got to go slow on this stuff. We've got to, you know, we're a cruise ship, make instrument or make small nudges in the right direction over extended period of time. And then this whole notion of hiring, and it's absolutely true. One of the, and it's been proven a lot of stuff statistically that actually one of the death knells of churches is actually over hiring. That's actually will slow down the progression and the growth of a church. So let's talk more about that. Let's talk about the How did you move? How did you shift your staff culture, your team culture from you see a problem and the knee jerk reaction is we need to hire somebody. Uh, you know, we need to find somebody, even if it's 10 hours a week, can we just hire somebody 10 hours a week? Uh, to no, actually, I've got to develop others. How how did you do that? How did you articulate that? What does that look like? And then how how have you taken some even early steps in trying to develop that with with your team? I mean, in the early stages, the one thing um, I didn't really hide behind it because I didn't really know how bad the finances were here. Right. So I didn't even know. I probably right. wouldn't have taken a job if I knew how bad the. <laughs> but um, so I was like, we can't even. We just can't afford. Right. I was like, guys, we can't afford to bring somebody on. So it was it was just like, okay, so right. who do you have around you that can do that? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of it was as I got to know more people, it was like, no, bring Bill in, bring mm-hmm. George in, bring whoever, you know, mm-hmm. there's somebody in your ministry that's immersed in your ministry. They are rocking it. Why are you holding them back? Right. Why are you right. afraid to pull them into the fold? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I talked to a gentleman yesterday, just grabbed coffee with him. I was like, you know, we have a similar, I was a volunteer firefighter. He was a retired firefighter. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we have this little bond and I just, I pushed him. I says, I need you to step in. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I need you to step in and be this guy. And so I right. laid out who I want him to be and who I desire him to be. And it wasn't just to go, he needed, and he's like, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I'm ready mm-hmm. to do that. Yes. I've made time in my life to do that. So it's not just, but sometimes it's just releasing him. Yep. And, and he, he's right. He just sitting there waiting. He doesn't want to offend anybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, get in here, get messy yes. with us. <laughs> Jump in, you know? jump in. Right. Exactly. You know, we, yeah. So just, but it's, it's slowly doing it, but also, also kind of releasing others. And I'm the worst person to release stuff. And I, I'm, I can preach it all day long. But <laughs> it I, sounds I, so good. <laughs> it, it does. I, I have a plan for that. You need to follow my plan. Yes. But, and so I have to, I had to model some of that stuff. I got to release stuff. And that was hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very hard for me to release uh, strategic planning and releasing some thought process and some dreaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, as I pull back what God's calling us to do and what we're doing, it's like, okay, how do I release this? How do I let it go? How, what do mm-hmm. I need to do? And that's, mm-hmm. you know, once he, once some of those pages were open, it was like easy to just dive in and say, here you go. Right. Love it. So good. I, I think that's such a critical lesson for us all as we, you know, I think there's this, particularly as we grow as a church, we gets to a couple thousand people, there becomes enough finances floating around that the staff can think, oh, like I can just, you know, we just buy our way out of this problem, but that's not the case. You know, we've got to continue to, it's Ephesians 4, right? We've got to continue to develop people and release them. Um, that's so good. Now you, you brought up the finances there a little bit. I love the joke of, I'm not even sure how bad uh, things were. Can you talk through, what did that look like? How did you write the ship financially? 
maybe on both sides, where there's things that you did on the on the revenue side or the expense side to help wrestle through uh, those in your in these these first you know four or five years since you've been here. Uh, I would say in the in the initial phases, it was more of the fact of just assessing, you know, uh, once I actually peeled back all of it, and you know, church of you know church was running probably. 1,400, 1,500 people at that point mm-hmm. um, in 2018. So this is, you mm-hmm. know, we're on that, I mean, we're in that beginning and trying to release up and, mm-hmm. and I closed the, you know, my first month and I really shouldn't give these numbers, but uh, I closed sure, the first fine. month. You don't have to. Yeah. Um, I mean, I probably had in more the negative in spot. <laughs> it wasn't negative, but I, I mean, it would be a decent amount for a home. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Not, yeah. not an organization. Basically mm-hmm. I did not have enough money to, to make payroll if yep. money didn't yep. come in next week. Right. So, right. um, so that's, that was my tension. Not like, where we want to be, obviously, you know, you don't, so, you shouldn't be ma- measuring cash on hand in days. That's not the hope, right? <laughs> you know, right. That's, yeah, that's yeah, interesting. And floating credit card, you know, floating a credit card, not always, you know, well, pay it off. No, it needs to be paid off. So yes, yes. On the, on the payment side, it was like, this is our goal is we're paying the credit card off before the end of the year. Right. Um, every month it's paid off. We're not floating mm-hmm. some finances mm-hmm. and revenue was simply just some of it was just simple. It was like you guys moved from passing the plate, which is great. You put boxes in there. Okay. You know, that's a model, but giving is an act of worship. Mm-hmm. And we, we can't forget the conversation that since it is an act of worship, that it is a part of worship. Yes. And so we yes. should have a conversation about the fact you, I mean, so when I walked in, they, it was eliminated from the worship service. We didn't talk oh, wow. about it. Oh, it wow. Just, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. It was just talked in the back. So, I mean, honestly, it was just, some of this was that, and then going through going, look at this person's life, look at this person's life, share right. these life stories, these stories. Yep. Absolutely. Have conversations about the wins. Don't be afraid to talk about, I mean, it's not, you're not asking for money as much as you're saying you, we want you to financially partner with what, what we're doing mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And so just the simple language change and actually having language made mm-hmm. a huge milestone step. And then mm-hmm. going in and we never did go in and browbeat people for money. Mm-hmm. No. We didn't, we didn't, uh, you know, plead with them. We didn't ask and ever beg and said, Hey, you know, we don't have, a, we don't have enough, you know, there was never fear brought in. It was always about mm-hmm. celebration. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so through it. those constant celebration stories, it led us into, well, we knew we were going to launch a campus in, in Northport. We thought it was going to take us a year, you know, a year sooner than it did, or it's mm-hmm. going to because, you know, mm-hmm. horrible thing called 2020 happened. Yes. <laughs> and, but, you know, March 29th, that was our, that was our commitment Sunday for the capital campaign. to pay for Oh, gosh. <laughs> so everybody and their brother was You like, weren't even meeting. You weren't even face to face. If I remember, you said you were four or five weeks, not even, you know, just online. Yeah, so we went a week lo- later than everybody else did, but um, we... Still did the commitment drive, wow. and we yep. still and we gave everybody the ability to do the commitments online. We offered everybody communion every week, so we did a drive-through communion. Pick up your communion for service every mm, single okay, week. We cool. did that for yeah, three, yeah. four months. Yep. Um, I I called our communion supplier. We I bought ten thousand units of communion. They're like, "What are you mm. doing?" <laughs> nobody else is doing this. I said, "We're providing communion. If we do communion weekly. It's part of who we are. Yep. It's part of our worship environment. So we're going to yep. do this every week." And we're providing it for our family. So if you need it, stop by. Stop by. We'll get it to you. 
and yeah. and so we gave everybody we give them you know weeks worth you know or you know 10 weeks worth and mm-hmm. part of our success through that five weeks is we you know they said 10 people or less so mm-hmm. small groups gather mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. worship together right right and do the whole thing together and then the group leaders would come get communion for them and mm-hmm. and so we always had communion ready to go and mm-hmm. just we kept being the church and that's how we yeah. continued to grow because they Love were it. they were inviting their neighbors like oh hey come and coming over and their entire subdivision would do Easter that Easter. They did all did Easter together. Yeah. I love it. And then one guy brought in, picked up three, 400 cups of communion, gave it to everybody in their community. I was like, can I do that? I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's great. You that's know, fantastic. And so just those kind of things that, you know, and then the money, the money's continued to come in and people partnered mm-hmm. with us in ministry and we've been mm-hmm. able to supplement things, buy things. Um, we've been able to celebrate some amazing things. We've, I, you know, we've given a ton of money away. Benevolence. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. The first time I've ever done this in my entire life, the end of 2020, because our, our staff worked their tails off. Right, right. And so <clears throat> I had money left over in the salary budget line, and I went to the elders and said, you need to give these guys some, yeah, you know, oh, not a nice. raise, but you need to give them a bonus. Yeah, little, a little gift of appreciation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was, and so they got, you know, it's like, first time I ever said, I'm going to give a bonus. And it, I was like, it was like, we want to celebrate what you guys yes. did. Yeah, that's and, great. And, it, you know, so they worked hard and, mm-hmm. and honored that. So money's always been one of those things. And other things are just, it just always been just, we're always just pushing one step mm-hmm. further. And mm-hmm. I would say that if, whenever we see the need, New Day's going to step into the gap. Right. Right now right. we're struggling with getting, you know, we are very passionate about conservative mm-hmm. Christian worldviews. Mm-hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. with a solid, solid Christian worldview, true biblical mm-hmm. worldview. So mm-hmm. um, when we're hiring staff, that's we we're having a hard time finding it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we partnered with the Bible College, and this January we'll we have a full fledged partnership. We're going to be holding classes here at oh, UA. Wow. Yep. And we hired a pastor to oversee that, just hundred percent oversee that, get it launched, and mm-hmm. and. The money's going to come in for that. We don't, right. you know, it's not 100% there yet, but God will provide that. Love it. Well, and I love that being, you know, there's so many things you said there that I think were so good. That This idea around when churches are struggling financially, I think so many times we can look so much on the expense side, like, okay, let's find, and you've got to be wise on that, right? We've got to go through and be, you know, super wise. But then just even a few things around, you know, clearly articulating the vision, taking time to celebrate, talking about, hey, how God's at work, being clear on where money is being spent. Like a, some of those few those things, that's a part of what God uses to ultimately see things turn around. My impression is that things are in a much better place today than they were, uh, you know, say four or five years ago. Even if you're, you know, just the way you're talking about, even hey, wanting to to launch a a, a school partnership, all of that, which is amazing. Praise God, that's incredible. No, God's God's doing some amazing things. Uh, we're actually I'm in the finishing up a merger. We have a small church in Sarasota that is mm-hmm. that has reached out to us last year or earlier in the year, and I'm hmm. we are finalizing. We will be probably in 2023 launching a campus in Sarasota. Not on our right. radar, not on our plan, right? But God brought them to us. They came to us, and so we will be launching a campus in Sarasota. Yeah, which that's is great. About 45 minutes from here. Right. Um, a right. little more missional and experience for us, but 
you know, nothing, God has just completely ordained this whole process. And, right. um, and so, yeah, now we're ending up at the third campus and six months after we open up our other campus. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not surprising though. That's, you know, that's God blessing your church. That's, that's amazing. So when you look up over the horizon a little bit, what are some of the questions that you have as you're thinking about the future at New Day? Obviously you've got a couple campuses coming down the pipeline. There's a few other pieces there. Are there is there anything else as you're kind of look to the future that you're excited about? I know it's slow and steady change at New Day. You're not, it's not next week. You know, we're looking down a little farther down the road, but what, what kind of things are you looking forward to? Uh, well, actually I have uh, two, there's two campuses. i probably see in 2024, we will launch two more campuses. Oh, cool. Um, and then most of the reason is that we have to find, we have to find seats in our current, right. in, the, in the Port Charlotte campus, we have to find seats. Northport's right. only going to pull so many, but other the other areas are going to pull some. Mm-hmm. And so launching two more campuses will pull more seats, which will mm-hmm. allow us to grow in both locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can see exponential growth. Um, Absolutely. I mean, on my radar in four years will be, everything will double. Right. Uh, so I told the staff yesterday, I said, you know, Lord willing, four years from now, we're going to be a church of 5,000. We're going to be a church of, with you know, five, six campuses. And mm-hmm. so the question is to them, I trust you. Mm-hmm. So how are we going to do this? Right. And so that was the question yesterday is, you tell me how we're going to do this. Right. What do we right. need now to, to start looking for now? So, we're changing some of our language now. We're changing some of our our leadership development now. We're changing some of our uh, processes and, and mm-hmm. how we're doing events and all those things are they're they're being changed today because we know that we're going to have to have that change very very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Well, and there's no doubt it gets back to even that leadership development piece. The thing about multi-site and being, you know, I've led in that in environments like that that are fast growing, that are you're pacing. Hey, we're going to double in two, you know, two years from now. You can see where from where we are today, and developing and releasing leaders is core to the middle of all of that. Like that is the um, the limiter, right? If we can't find and release people who are to your point, you know, the the type of leader that you're looking for, that they're um, you know, that they, they're on brand, they're missional, they're exactly what you're hoping, you know, however that works, that language works for you in, you know, at the church, man, that, that doesn't happen by happenstance. You've got to work, uh, through that one step at a time. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's fantastic. That's great. This has been a great conversation. Anything else you want to share just as we're uh, wrapping up today's, uh, dialogue? Well, I mean, it's just, you know, I think the biggest thing I'd like to share is just, you got to love what you do. Mm, and when you love what you true. do, you know, my assistant yelled at me today because my, my calendar is ugly. <laughs> and, and I just said, but yeah, you know what? But I love what I do. Right, right. And, okay. You know, we work six days a week and we just, you know, we just push through. And I, I think the, the key is, is that when you truly fall into the fact that I did come from lay leadership in mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the ministry. And so I mm-hmm. know it can be done. And mm-hmm. then I you know, moved up in the organization into an mm-hmm. executive pastor role and then came here as the executive pastor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they originally wanted to hire me as a business guy. And I said, no, if mm-hmm. I can't pastor the staff. If I can't be that person, I don't right. want to do it. Right. And so, so many people think the big executive pastor is they, that is the business side of the organization. Mm-hmm. It's the yep. human resource out of the organization. It's not. Mm-hmm. It is, it is the vision. It's the dream side. It is the mm-hmm. implementation. It's the, it's alignment mm-hmm. it is caring for people. Mm-hmm. You know, 
I, recognizing where the finances were going, you know, mm -hmm. we've already given next year's raises in August. Mm. Oh, wow. Because, hmm. and we also gave a pan, we also gave a inflation stipend in, in March because we mm. saw gas price. How are, you know, y'all right. are used to, you can't afford this. Right. Right. So yeah, it's coming up with how are we going to do those things mm -hmm. and investing into the staff? Because I truly care about, you know, all 18 mm -hmm. of our staff members Mm -hmm. and how are I going to love them through in their families? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I want them to stay and I, and I don't want to hire another 10 just to make it right. easy around here. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, totally. Absolutely. I think just going back to each one of them is you got to find your call and you really right. just, you know, and never let up off the gas. Mm -hmm. And that's what mm -hmm. I think that's probably the biggest thing. So the response for 2020 from us is we never pulled our foot off the gas pedal. Right. Stay focused. So on that, yeah, totally. Well, and that relates even to your cruise ship analogy, right? That it's like, uh, there's, I think too many churches or too many leaders. It's like they're quick starts. They get the ball rolling and then they're constantly changing as opposed to having the, the, the focused momentum of like, we are heading in this direction. We're going to keep going in this direction, kind of regardless of where there's like this weight and momentum behind the church that our job is to, is to keep pushing forward. Um, and so we're not going to be erratic and be all over the place. We want to stay focused in, in our effort. I think that's good. Right. I mean, so my job, I think probably the thing that I do the best and I do the most is I'm always looking five years ahead. Right. Right. And so it's what am I going to do to get there five years ahead? I'm now mm -hmm. at the point where I can trust the staff to say this is where we're going five years ahead. They couldn't have handled right. that two years right. ago or even three years <laughs> Sure. Ago. Sure. And yeah. so it, and so now they're able to hear and they're going. And yeah, some of them do throw up a little bit and you know, get that <laughs> experience. But yeah. It's that's where we're going. So now you understand right. why we're making any changes today mm -hmm. to get to that point. And, and it's just, you know, I never want, I never want to look back and going, yeah, but we could have. Right. And I use the analogy that oftentimes we stop and start and stop, start and stop. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't take much for the train to keep a train from ever going. Mm. It's just a small little block they put in and they bolt it to the track and that's it. And it'll never go. Hmm. But once it's going, you can't put that block in. It'll it'll get it'll get shot off the track. Right. You're not going to stop the train once it's going. The issue hmm. is so often we we say that we have to have everything too far planned. So I, we don't have everything too far planned. I would say there's sometimes we're putting the tracks right in front of the train mm. as we're going <laughs> yeah. along too. So we want to use yes. the transportation analogy. We're putting and there's a few times that our fingers have been bit. Right. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna right. deny that. You know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think in 2019, when we had, um, we had seven seats open in the worship center mm. and those seats yeah, weren't next crazy. to each other. Right, right, right. And so when you bring that family in, right, when there's two to three or four people and you can't sit next to each other, you're, guess what they're not doing? Right. They're not staying. Right. No, exactly. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, I really appreciate this. Thank you so much for uh, your t your time today, Mark. If people want to track with you or with the church, where do we want to send them online? I mean, our website is ntcchurch.com. Love it. And you can always just uh, shoot me an email if you have any questions of anything we're doing here. It's Mark Williams at ntcchurch.com. Perfect. Appreciate that, Mark. I, I'm so thankful that you were on the show. Appreciate you taking time out today to uh, spend with us. Thank you for that. Hey, thank appreciate you. Thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. 
There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.